It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. And at my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, and then some. The craziest sports summer we've ever had. It's simple make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your sports intuition, people. Select from hundreds of futures bets. You can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big old brain of yours to good use and use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, the glorious return of Solly to my afternoon drive show. What I missed about the old crusty bastard the last four months. New Zabecast blood, Aaron Torres of Fox Sports, reporter for college football on who ordered the Code 66 on the Big Ten season. All that plus an email that reminds me why I love doing what I do. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Thursday, August 13, 2020. Thank you for joining me. It was a very, very good day today. My voice is a bit tweaked because I let out a primal war whoop to open the show today on 980 in D.C. because our long-lost and beloved Solly came home. Four months and five days after the company said, we can't afford him pandemic crisis, can't keep his salary on the books. And I'm like, really? Does he make that much? He's back. And I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier for him. Couldn't be happier for us. You know, this is the band. This is me, Scott, and Solly. That's the band. Lead, guitar, bass, bing, bang, boom, power trio. That's what it is. I honestly thought it would never happen. Uh, I mean, I feared the worst. I'm like, well, he's gone. I could be gone next. Whole thing could be gone. Gone. Gone, gone, gone. Gone to whiskey. By the way, I found my sound effects board, which I don't even know why I say found it because it's been on my computer the whole goddamn time. I just have been too lazy to use it. Gone, gone, gone. There you go. Gone. Lucky Ned and his cohort gone. Lucky Ned gone. Your $50 gone. On the whiskey. <laughs> I'm back, baby! Yes, Sally is it back. It came in a two-word statement, which is now just begging to have a Nike campaign built around it. Quote, unquote, I'm back. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> That's from John Wick with Keanu Reeves. Never saw the movies, but maybe they're good. Maybe I should watch them. Anyhow... Salia, I think, is liked for his many things, uh, but certainly his relentless cynicism. He is worldly enough to be dangerous, but does know quite a bit. He likes sports, but he will not kiss sports' ass, certainly when it comes to athletes. At times, his 
anti-athlete rants are a bit too much, and sometimes I think they're shtick. He knows pop culture, but not all of it. He's got weirdness to boot. And that cackle, that cackle of, you know what? You deserved it, asshole. That's the cackle that we all missed. It's something that I want. I certainly want somebody on on the show saying it, just not me. You know, I, I want to keep my hands clean. I'm like Tony Soprano. He's like Polly Walnuts. Solly is my Polly Walnuts who can break, you know, crack skulls and do the dirty work. Sure, you got to manage him. You know, he's a little bit of a wild card at times, but you're glad to have him. You need him on your crew. So anyhow, uh, and we pulled off a surprise. We kept it operationally secure. I told, excuse me, my boss and uh, CJ and the uh, rest of the team there, I said, if you see him, if you hear he's coming back, keep it under wraps. No social media. I'm like, I want to really, bam, surprise people with it. And I did. And it was a it was a fun surprise. So there you go. Uh, by the way, I want to kick up some uh, dust here. Tell me the best surprise comebacks or just comebacks in pop culture or maybe sports returns that worked that were like, yes, they're back and it's good. Whether it's shows, TV shows, whether it's music, uh, bands, comebacks, sports, comebacks, political comebacks, maybe. I don't know. Send them in. We'll make a list and we'll uh, figure it out from there. Uh, I did play the Stone Cold return to... Uh, what was it? Uh, I didn't need WWE. WWE. I didn't need my family members. I didn't need anyone but me. No one. There's not one person in the world that's ever helped me. I mean, listen to that crowd. Listen to that pop right there for the Texas rattlesnake. I know some people are rock guys. I know some people are Hulk Hogan guys. For me, and I'm, I still consider myself a casual wrestling fan. Fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin, greatest act in wrestling history, in my opinion. The whole, the whole combination of everything, with of course the beers standing on the turnbuckle. One, two, Steve Austin, three. Ah, yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Masters said that they would not have fans uh, at the tournament this coming November. I'm fucking pissed. I'm hot pissed about this, and I am very much in the minority because I ran a poll about this today. I said, how do you feel about the November Masters tournament with no fans? Choice A was absolutely furious. That was my answer. 5%. Bitter disappointment, 19%. Kind of like the fanless golf is 24% and still pumped for the event, 51.9%. Honestly, my feeling was, I said, and I tweeted this, double bogey max, pick it up, Augusta. If they had just said we're not doing it, I would have been perfectly fine. I was excited for a Masters in the fall with some fans. Don't know how many. I wanted some. To me, the Ryder Cup and Augusta have to have fans. 
have to, and they're not going to do it. And why they called it off so early to me is very disappointing. We are in a fight right now. We are in a death struggle with the bureaucrat, authoritative, unelected health official class to get our life back, to get back what we love to do. And oh, sure, you can go to a Walmart, can't go to a golf tournament. Go to a protest, can't go to a golf tournament. I mean, we have been stripped of the ability to go, you know what? There's going to be crowds at Augusta. I might get the Rona. Oh my God, my voice. I might get the Rona. <clears throat> I might get the Rona. There we go. I'll just, I'll live down here. I might get the Rona, but fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. I wish we had that option. We don't. So I'm bi- I'm bitterly disappointed. I feel like, you know what? When are we ever going to get fans back? I would have easily junked the tournament if it was me. And I'm in the tiniest minority, under 5%. So anyway, um, I talked to Alan Shipnuck on the afternoon show, golf.com, and I respect his opinion. He said, look, they, you know, the Masters, people make their hotel reservations months in advance. There's hospitality and blah, blah, blah. So what? If you said the night before, hey, there's tickets available for the Masters, you'd still get a sellout. I don't know why you could say, look, we're not gonna be able, we're not gonna be able to guarantee fans. So the uh so the hosp so the <clears throat> so the hospitality may not happen, but I would have still said, you know, we're gonna do it. We we want at least some fans there. So anyway, let's get on with the rest of the podcast special new guest I conjured up today to talk about the Big Ten Ohio State whole fiasco and where college football goes from here. His name is Aaron Torres. Joining us now, Aaron Torres, college football, college basketball writer and a host at Fox Sports Radio. More importantly, you can find his podcast, the Aaron Torres Podcast, T-O-R-R-E-S, wherever you get podcasts. And you know what, Aaron? Those of us who are rooting for team reality, as I call it, versus the forces (laughs) of team virus out there, we're scanning the interwebs and we're scanning social media for beacons of sensible life and I saw your beacon of sensible life, and I said, yes, I got to talk to this guy. Holy shit, what are we doing right now in college football? You are as fired up as I am, and when it comes to the Big Ten, I think, like you do, they have no idea what they have done. Yeah, Steve, you know, the the line that I have used, even before anything became official, I mean, when when I was calling around on Monday when Scott Frost and Jim Harbaugh were making their declarations, the line that I kept using was this. I still have not talked to a single person who was or is mad that the season was canceled. I have only talked to people who are mad that the season was canceled without even attempting to to play a game, or even, let's take it a step further, there wasn't a single padded practice at any of the 14 Big Ten schools. And so to me, that is where the frustration has come, and we'll see in the coming weeks what the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC decide to do, but but, but at least publicly, 
maybe they're faking it. You know, maybe they're giving us the, uh, you know, the, the, the Deion Sanders uh, uh, juke fake here, the Barry Sanders juke fake, and maybe they're going to cancel here in the next few weeks. But at least publicly, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are saying, let's at least, like, I don't know, have a practice. Let's have, uh, you know, 11 on 11, ones on ones, pads on, before we make any declarative decisions on the season. And, you know, look, we can get into all the ways that, that they, that I don't think the school presidents understand the, the damage, the long-term damage that they've done. But even in the short term of just the last day or so, um, the frustration with everyone that I've talked to, and certainly my own personal frustration, is not that the season was canceled, but that it wasn't even attempted. It's just an embarrassing, disgusting display by the folks at the Big Ten. Yeah, I agree. I'm of the mindset you got to try. I don't profess to claim with 100% certainty that once you started clacking pads, that all hell wouldn't have broken loose with transmissions, but you got to fucking try. That's that's my number one thing, and they didn't try. So what I want to know is, what do you think happened? Were the presidents lying in wait for an ambush at the last minute, or were they working constantly behind the scenes, at least in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, to say, this can't happen, so when do we pull our move? What do you think happened? So, Steve, you know, I'll say this. is I live in Pac-12 country, I am the last person to defend Larry Scott, but I, I put them almost in a separate category of the Big 12, right? And that's one thing I've talked about throughout the last couple of days. People saying, oh, you're not as passionate about, why aren't you as passionate about the MAC? Why are you not as passionate about the Mountain West? Why are you not as passionate about UConn, which is my alma mater and was the first FBS school to cancel? And what I say is that those schools didn't have the money to test all the time, right? right. And you mentioned the Pac-12. The Pac-12, I live in California. Uh, the, the the four California schools can't even get into their facility right now. And so the idea of them playing football in four, five, six weeks, okay, could they have postponed? Probably. But I give them a little bit of a pass. But with the Big Ten, that is where my issue lies. There, there was no reason. As best I can tell, there are no shutdown facilities. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. All these schools have had these kids on campus for two, two and a half, three months now. And, oh, by the way, the testing was working. The mm-hmm. protocols were working. That's the part that drives me crazy. So why so, so why did the yeah, Big Ten do it? Was it a sympathy play for their brothers out west or what? You know, this is what I believe is that I don't have this on, you know, authority or anything. I don't – I believe that they – listen, what I'll say is is that – in some cases, in all cases, sports are not at the top of the priority list for the Big Ten, for, for any school president. And so I, I do think they were probably tending to other stuff. And then they looked up and they said, oh, my goodness, the season's about to start. Um, I do not believe, and, and I'm not a fan of the way Kevin Warren handled this, the, the commissioner of the Big Ten. I do not believe that he or anyone in his office is both dumb enough or frankly, I just don't think they would have spent the time to do all this if they saw this coming. So I don't know if the, the presidents were operating in secret. I don't know, or if they were just kind of to a degree, not really paying attention to it, for lack of a better term. But I don't have a good answer, and there isn't a good answer. And that's where the frustration that I have, that you have, that, that everybody in Big Ten country has, is there isn't a good explanation for any of it. Yeah, the presidents, though, they can worry about their budgets and their money to a certain extent, but the damage from the athletic budgets about to crater will wash up 
on the president's desks. The universities are going to be asked to bail out their athletic departments. Am I right? I think it's a big thing. I've said it all week is the, the people I feel most bad for are the, the players on these teams. And the people I feel second worst for are the high school golfers, the high school tennis players, the high school wrestlers, the, the female high school softball players and volleyball players. I said this on my podcast last night, point blank. If you're a parent of a sophomore, junior, senior in high school, and you were hoping that, you know, you've been putting all your eggs in your son or daughter, getting a college scholarship in a non-revenue sport, I would, I'd break open the piggy bank and I'd start looking between the couch cushions because mm. I, I think those opportunities are going to start to dry up here over these next couple of years. And it's no secret that, um, you know, football and to a smaller degree men's basketball drives so much of the revenue in college sports. And we understand that uh, even if the season had been played, that the revenue um, still would have been pretty, pretty, uh, you know, uh, minimal relative to what it has been the last few years because of obviously no fans in the stands. But to have no revenue coming in at all, and then I don't know if you want to talk about this, Pete, but this silly idea that everything's going to be hunky-dory in, in the spring. Oh, God. And we're going to – yes, it makes no sense. And I think the Big Ten uh, – I don't think we'll see Big Ten on the football on the field until 2021. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Um, and I just don't see how – I just don't see how it made any sense, but especially at the moment in time – that they made that decision. Yeah. That, well, that's the other thing. Why didn't the Big Ten buy three weeks or four weeks? They had the time in theory. Why not? There's no good answer. There's no, no good, good answer. answer. And it goes back. Yeah. And it goes back to how I opened this conversation is that's the frustration. And, and part of it is, too, by the way. Uh, and this is where I do blame Kevin Warren, unless he was working hand in hand to sabotage the season with his school president. Why do you once this is this is what I said all along? Once the SEC put out a schedule where there were no games until September 26, that is the Big Ten's get out of jail free card. That we don't need to schedule anything right. for the first two three weeks of of the, uh, of. Uh, of September. But they and, did the opposite. You know, they did the opposite and they said, oh yeah, we're going on time. And a lot of us, Aaron, mm-hmm. said, whoa, what What do they know that we don't know? And it turned out to be a disaster. Is it possible that the presidents, Aaron, said, we don't want this season to even get going down the tracks lest we will be unable to stop it? And that's why they had to strangle it in the crib before they even started thumping in practice. What about that for a theory? I hadn't considered it, but I think it makes sense. Look, look, there is a reason beyond quote-unquote player safety um, that that was the reason that this decision was made now, okay? Uh, most people believe that it's liability, but even if it's liability, um, again, you, you you don't hold a single practice. You don't even let the guys on the practice field in pads. It makes no sense. So if your argument is we don't even want to start this because the public backlash of stopping it, I don't agree with that, but it at least makes sense. That's something yeah. I could see. I had never considered it until you just mentioned it, Steve, but I could see that. All right. Is spring football a pipe dream? I mean, I think it is. I, I, listen, I, I'll say this. I don't think it's any more realistic to get spring football than it is to get fall football. And, and I'll say a couple things. One, I'm really curious what the Big Ten and maybe to a smaller degree the Pac-12 decide to do 
if the SEC and these other conferences somehow pull off fall football. I mean, do you then play in the Ooh. spring when no one cares when we've already crowned a national champion? <laughs> um, you know, but as far as spring is concerned, my whole thing is very simply this. The liability is still going to be there. I'm not an ex-medical expert. I don't claim to be, but I don't believe that we're going to have a vaccine uh, in January. I don't believe it's going to be safer to play in January. Um, then you, you factor in that these kids are going to be coming back to campus off of winter break. Any of them will probably right. come back to campus with the virus. We're going to have to slow down workouts before they even start. We're going to be playing a season starting in February, March, whatever it is. Uh, in Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota and Michigan, uh, it just doesn't make sense. There, there, there's nothing about that plan that makes sense other than this Hail Mary that will have a vaccine and that, oh, by the way, the vaccine will be able to be mass produced. It'll pass all the federal guidelines. Like, it's just not realistic. And so to me, I, I'm just praying the SEC pulls this off because um, it, it, it'll, one, it'll, it'll just pull the pants down on the Big Ten but two, if they don't, I just don't see a scenario where we where we play until the fall of 2021, and then I think we start having the same. Con- you know, this is my conversation for the Big Ten. What if we don't have a vaccine in the fall of 2021? Are we just not going to play next year too? Is that the gauntlet that's been laid down <laughs> right. that we're just not playing football until there's a vaccine? Like these are the answers, and you know, this is one of my frustrations. I know it's one of your frustrations as well, as best I can tell, and maybe I missed this, but. I don't believe any of these school presidents have actually answered any questions. I've seen a lot from Scott Frost. I've seen Amen. a lot from Ryan. D- you know, and, and that's the part that frustrates me. So go ahead, Steve. I don't mean to steal no, your no. show here or take it over. No, but. all good points. I just wanted to interject. Uh, the vaccine angle is that the experts are saying it may only be 50 to 60% effective. That's number one. The production of it is number two. Number three, the thought of pushing limited doses to college football players, that's going to go over like a fart in an elevator, right? And then, and then, like, you know, I did a little reading on this. I'm not an expert, but I do have access to the internet. The 1976 swine flu vaccine was one of the great medical fiascos in this country, and that's in my lifetime at least. And what happened was election year, Gerald Ford says this swine flu is bad. They rush through a vaccine. They start putting it into people and stuff starts to go bad. They have mishaps. They pull the vaccine after like four months and then they're back to square one. Could you imagine that happening in 2021 and what a fiasco that would be? So you're right. There's no safer haven just because the calendar turns over to 2021. But I think, Aaron, that this is part of the problem is that people in college football are unwilling to speak truths such as we've canceled the 2020 season. It's over. There's no spring we hope 2021 will be better. You know, you just hit on a point that I've thought about quite a bit, um, and I don't have an answer to, and I've texted lawyers about this, but, you know, everyone talks about reliability. Well, so we're going to just pump a vaccine that nobody knows anything about into a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old kids and everything's going to be okay? <laughs> like, you know, right. it, 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 you know, there's not any liability in that either. We don't know the long-term side effects, so... Uh, you know, I, I don't have all the answers to these, but no, I, I think we have. And I, I, I'm seeing even as we're recording here that, you know, Ohio State kind of went down the road of is there any way we can do anything in the fall? And they're already announcing that they can't. But, you know, I'll just say this. I almost at this point hope for the Big Ten's sake that the SEC can't do this 
because I can't even imagine the PR nightmare that it will be for that conference, for those schools, and specifically for those school presidents if we somehow get SEC football September 26th. You know, to me, that was one of my big thoughts yesterday was I'm not Mr. You know, fire everybody and everybody deserves to get fired and all that stuff. But, I mean, imagine being a school president at a place like Ohio State and you signed off on a canceled football season and all of a sudden September 26 rolls around and we got Bama, Georgia, whoever's week one on that schedule. That's a lot of angry emails. That's a lot of tough questions to answer. And obviously it goes without saying it wouldn't just be at Ohio State, but every big school in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm just fascinated to watch it all play out. If the remaining big three hold firm and they launch, and let's say, Aaron, it turns to October 1st, the virus has burned itself out, at least for this season, in most of the country, and they're playing football, and Ohio State and Michigan and the Big Ten the Pac-12 are twiddling their thumbs, it is a disaster like you can't imagine, especially if it carries through and they push in the college football playoff and crown a champion. That's the worst-case scenario right now. So I would say the Big Ten is rooting with all their might that everybody goes down, they're all in the same boat. Otherwise, it's, I mean, we're talking 10-year setback, right? I think so. You know, I think so. And I know for a fact that, um, you know, one, any fifth year senior that's at a a big 10 program right now, they're getting hit up. They're they're getting hit up to transfer. They're getting hit up to come be a part of, of an SEC, ACC, big 12, AAC school and play football this year. Because one, there is no guarantee uh, that we get spring and two for any fifth year senior, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to have time to, to, to showcase yourself for the NFL. And so you add that in with, uh, the recruiting of high school players, because I don't know how, I, I don't know. I won't say I don't know, but you look at negative recruiting. And if a kid say hypothetically comes down to Georgia and, uh, Ohio state or Alabama and Ohio state and the sec plays, Oh my God, you talk about a trump card in recruiting as far as just saying like, look, you can go to the you could go to the Big Ten. Go go do your thing in the Big Ten. But you just saw how they handled this situation. What happens next year when something else happens? Your whole career could yeah. be at stake here. And at least you know that we are going to fight for you. We're gonna do everything that we can. Uh we're gonna do everything we can to get a product on the field, and I cannot even imagine the, the, the negative recruiting that would go on if for some reason, or not for some reason, if in a good way the SEC uh, was able to get a, a, a product on the field. I want bad decisions punished. I want bad decision makers banished. But I'm torn because I'm in two Big Ten markets with my shows, D.C. and Milwaukee and, and Wisconsin. And I don't want to see my friends or my own conference, in essence, hurt. But I just I want this season to go at least with three of the five power fives. And I'm sitting here looking at it, Aaron, like, well, Big 12, if you choke, it's over. And I don't have a lot of faith in the Big 12 not choking on this one. What are your thoughts as an exit question? Can the Big 12 hold firm and do this? Uh, well, I, I'll say this. I, I thought um, – Tuesday night when they had their meeting was a good sign. Um, And what they said was, we don't have any access to anything new that we didn't have that makes us any more concerned. But what I would also say is 
they put in a new protocol with heart testing and there is a new way in which they're going to test hearts. And, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to explain even what they're doing, but the, the, the big concern that leaked out about the PAC 12 and the big 10, um, the big 12 is clearly addressing. And so again, it goes back to what the whole theme of this conversation is. They are actually doing the things that, that need to be done to actually get a, a, a football product on the field and adjusting on the fly, uh, changing things as they go, changing their schedule as they go. They seem to be two feet in and wanting to do this. And, and that's obviously the frustration with the Big Ten. Again, to go back to the Big Ten, it's not that they cancel the season. It's without even trying. It's without even pushing back. It's right. without you know increased heart monitoring. I don't have all the answers to what they could have done but I do not believe that the only resolution on August 10th or whatever it was, August 11th, was to cancel the season. It made no sense, and it just, you know, it just, it just made no sense. It really did. Aaron Torres, good follow on Twitter at Aaron A A R O N underscore Torres T O R R E S, and of course, you can listen to him on Fox Sports Radio and get his podcast, the Aaron Torres podcast. Aaron, it's nice, nice to meet you. Keep swinging out there, and we'll talk again. All right. Appreciate your time, Steve. Thank you. There you go. Aaron Torres, uh, one of the voices of sanity and passion out there. That's what I'm now honed in on. Why did the Big Ten, who in the Big Ten, why did they have a will not to play? The Southern Conferences have a will to play. But the Big Ten decided, we're going to make sure we don't play because they could have bought four weeks at least to say we're going to slow walk it they could have said we're going to try they chose not to they could have said hey we can add heart monitoring for any athletes who are covid positive they decided not to do that why who how when if you don't think it was coordinated by those in power positions in the conference for reasons that maybe we'll find out at some point. Maybe you can already guess what those reasons are. It's out there. I almost liken it to how, you know, Joe Biden is struggling in the Democratic primaries. Uh, Bernie Sanders is not going away. And then all of a sudden, right when it was coming to a head on Super Tuesday, the powers that be orchestrated this maneuver to basically cut the legs out from underneath Bernie Sanders. It's almost like the Big Ten said, oh shit, this thing is about to get up and running. We've got our schools here testing. They're doing good. They're working out. We don't have a lot of positives. The other conferences are going to try to play except for the Pac-12. Let's leave them aside. We got to stop this now. We got we to gotta strangle this baby in the crib. Yeah, I hate it when you say that. It's it's really, it's a very disturbing image. Yeah, but it's it's the accurate image. It's, I'm a I'm a wordsmith. Yeah, can you pick something else? All right, whatever the case, they didn't want this season to get up on its feet. How about that? That's better. And so they made sure. Here's how we do it. Boom, done, gone. And now I'm sure they're applying subtle pressure. And watch for it in the media, too. They're going to make sure that their allies in the media are going to do whatever they can to highlight any case 
of a player or a coach in the three conferences pressing ahead to really get that rocking back and forth. Because if those three conferences play, if the winds of COVID die down or burn out by October 1st, and if the Big Ten is sitting there looking stupid with their footballs and their helmets packed away, oh boy, it is a disaster of epic proportions. So we shall see. I know I've brought up the 76 swine flu thing multiple times, and maybe you're going to say, I'm tired of hearing about it. Things are different now. We know more. We're better than we were in 76. Okay. I just want to bring it up because there's a lot of people who believe vaccines are this magic bullet and that once we get that, it's all good. It's all hunky-dory. Not true. Read about it. 76 swine flu. As far as liability, to, to answer one of Aaron Torres's questions from what I've read, that the uh, vaccine makers are going to be granted a sort of blanket immunity or liability uh, waiver or of some sort from the government in case the vaccine does something screwy once you start injecting it into millions of people. You can do large trials, which they have done, the most carefully constructed with the best, most diverse sample size you can and say, all right, how's it going? You look okay, you look okay, you look okay. You start putting it into more bodies, that's when you have the potential for, oh, shit, we didn't know that this would cause that. And then you could have a real problem on your hands. Hell, maybe we just get the Russian vaccine, which I honestly believe is nothing but about 30 cc's of Stolishnaya and a spritz of lemon juice, and it stings. It gives you a mild buzz, and you go, all right, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I am immune from the Rona. All right, let's put a wrap on it today. This is why I love doing this. I got an email from my guy, Lindy. He said, Zabe Master, loved Friday's podcast. When I finished my cancer treatments in 2019, I treated myself to a 2019 Ram 1500 Bighorn, Hemi. Added running boards, liner, trailer brake. Sweet. This past Christmas, drove it from Newport News to Milwaukee, 15 hours nonstop. Unbelievable ride. Best vehicle I ever bought. As far as singing goes, you mentioned you want to learn. Eight months after I ended my throat cancer treatments, my youngest daughter got married. I wanted to give her a special gift. I chose to sing her a song. Thankfully, a few band friends warned me not to do it live because I would cry. The problem was and is my salivary glands are destroyed. My throat was weak. I had in my day told I have a wonderful voice, but I could hardly string more than four words together in a song before my voice started breaking. Yeah, I know that too well right now. But something had told me that I had it, but I needed help. So I got in touch with one of the choral professors at Christopher Newport University. Hey, ding, ding, that's where my daughter's going in a week. I asked if there was a good student available willing to work with me. I had two months to get it together. The professor put me in touch with a wonderful grad student. We did breathing exercises and octave range lessons. On my last day before we- before the... Before the wedding, we recorded my version with my instructor playing a grand piano in a school studio. 
I played it at my daughter's wedding during the reception. My advice to you, if you really want to sing the Toby Keith song, is go for it. Find a choral instructor, a teacher, a student, anyone interested in working with you. I am no expert, but I can tell you your voice is in key, but you need help with coaching on the song. A couple of things that I was told, sing it your way, and song octave may have to change to match your voice. My next challenge is to get a keyboard or guitar, and I want to learn one song on that. Anyway, keep up the great work. Sincerely, Lindy. Thank you, Lindy. I love those stories. People share with me their personal life stories, their ups, their downs, their triumphs, their tragedies, and they talk about uh, the way we connect, even though we've never met you and I, and I love that stuff. I mean, you guys listen to what I have to say. You listen so well, you bring things up to me, and I'm like, did I say that? I don't remember that, but okay. So anyhow, that's a wrap for today. I'm going to shut this voice down, rest it up good. Uh, I've been too agitated, yelling too much about college football. It is what it is. I can't affect the outcome of it. What will be, will be. Damn shame, though. Tell you that much. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Wednesday. Tell a couple friends. I'm resting my voice. Have a good day, and I will see you next time. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool. It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. And at my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, and then some. The craziest sports summer we've ever had. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your sports intuition, people. Select from hundreds of futures bets. You can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big old brain of yours to good use and use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie.